pastors in the church and the children's and youth pastor. Um, and <laughs> my name is my name's Abraham and I work with Go Kids. He's the Go Kids leader. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited to be here. And first of all, I just wanted to, because we're doing this whole series during, you know, the month of June. So I just wanted to say, any champions in the house? Yay! You actually nearly sound like champions as well. Any champions in the house? Yay! Okay, because we're champions, because we serve the champion of all champions, don't we? So we should be excited, right? I'm excited. I'm excited. To do this, Okay. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, we're looking at champions at the moment, and we've had different couples so far speak the past two weeks. We've had Pastor Alan and Pastor Claire. We've had Chris and Abby. We're not a couple. No. (laughs) Just to get that one out there, we're not a couple. (laughs) That would be a disaster. Um, (laughs) On your part or mine? (laughs) Not sure. I have worked together in um, running Go Kids before I handed it over to him completely. Um, and it's really exciting to be on a stage with Abraham. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, so today we're looking at champions again. It's part three. And today we're looking at followers. That a champion is someone that gathers a crowd of followers around them. And that crowd then spurs you on and cheers you on and so we're going to unpack that a little bit yeah. today mm. um you know we're we're all part of this great team we're wearing our team shirts this morning England even when the shirt is way too big and you have to kind of tie it up with a hairband and tuck it in i am so proud to be part of this team in this church that i will wear a massive shirt i didn't want to wear the shirt he made I, me wear the bigger I one said, yeah Good so we, we swapped we swapped and <laughs> um, so We believe that you will have something amazing, incredible, something that is so important that is inside of you that people should be following you. And for a lot of us, that's a challenge. In our culture, it's about humility and it's all about, oh, no, 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 not me. I'm not that great. I'm not that good. And for us, how many of you felt really awkward as you got a cheer when you walked in? (laughs) Really kind of awkward, like, why are you cheering me? Mm-hmm. I just walked into church and you're cheering. Why are we cheering you? Because you're amazing. And you showing up here this morning brings something and adds something to this church and to this body. And so you being in here is so important this morning. When you are not here, there is something missing. That's why we're cheering you. <laughs> we're not going to do it every week, don't worry. <laughs> it's safe to bring people next week again. <laughs> I'd quite like to be cheered everywhere. No, I wouldn't. I feel awkward. Yeah, you would. You know but you have it. something amazing that's worth cheering. And when you run a race and you get a trophy at the end and you win a prize, you feel like you deserve it because you did that. You ran that race. That's really hard to say. You won. You feel like you deserve it, but somehow you don't feel like being who God created you to be deserves to be cheered. And that's what we want to challenge today. Because you are amazing. And every single one of you has something incredible. For a start, you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you, and that alone is incredible. You've got the Creator. You've got the Almighty God inside of you. That is worth going, do you know what? I want to be near that person, because they've got something amazing. So, expectations. Do you expect people to want to grab a hold of what you have? Do you expect people to want to be around you and rub shoulders with you? Totally cuts across our culture and what's natural to us. So 
We're just going to turn to Zechariah chapter 8, verse 23. Abraham, do you want to read it? Yeah, sure. Is everyone there? Okay, so Zechariah 8.23 says, This is what the Lord Almighty says. In those days, ten people from all languages and nations will take firm hold of one Jew by the hem of his robe and say, Let us go with you, because we have heard that God is with you. So there it is, right in the word of God. People will lay hold of you. That's biblical, so now you can't argue with me anymore. It says it in the Bible. So as uncomfortable as it makes you feel... The Bible says that 10 people will lay hold of you. That kind of blows my mind a little bit and baffles me because it means that I have something that's worth grabbing. It says, um, and they say, let us go with you because we have heard that God is with you. I have something that people should want to lay hold of. You have something that people will want to lay hold of. Yeah, and while we were, you know, preparing for today, um, when we got to this particular section, um, we, we started to talk about, you know, different movies that we've seen that has sort of sparked that, you know, that, that has been a kind of chain reaction where someone has said, yeah, you know, I, I believe you, I'm going to go with you. Like, especially most movies you see, you know, someone's going out to a fight, they're leaving some people behind, but then some, someone steps forward and says, no, 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 I'm going to go with you because I believe you know, in where you're going. I believe in, in what you're about to do. I believe in your cause. So the, the example that I thought of, I don't know if anyone here has seen God's Not Dead. Um, that came out a few weeks ago. And um, I remember towards the end, um, basically the guy goes through a journey of trying to prove in his philosophy class of what, you know, of who God is to him. And, you know, because the teacher says, okay, God's dead because he's an atheist and all that kind of stuff. So he goes through that, that moment of, of, of trying to identify who God is to him personally. And then... At the end, you know, one of the last scenes is so powerful. He kind of, you know, does this whole presentation and, you know, a class of like over 200 kids or 200 students, you know, that didn't believe in what he said. They, they dis, you know, disregarded it completely. And when he gave that presentation of truth, the one, you know, one Chinese guy stood up and said, God's not dead. I believe you. I'm going to follow you. God's not dead. And all of a sudden, that started a chain reaction of all the other. And you just see this amazing picture of, 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 of 200 kids, you know, 200 students standing up and saying, I believe. And I think that's so powerful because they chose to follow him and what he said and, you know, the cause and the truth that he's standing for. And I thought that was, that was really powerful as well. And I know you've got another So how have you seen Lord of the Rings? Frodo takes this ring and he takes it to this council. And they're all standing there, all these people from different tribes, different nations. And they say, okay, we need to destroy this. I'm not going to go into this, sorry. Destroy this ring. And they're all arguing about who's going to do this, take on this massive quest, this mission. And little Frodo steps up and goes, I'll do it. And immediately, immediately, the people around him see the bravery, see the courage in him and go, I'm coming with you. Whether I die, whether I live, I'm coming with you. Not because I want to do it, but because I see your bravery, I see your courage, I see your purpose, and I am coming with you. Mm-hmm. And why, why do we do that? Why do we follow people? Pastor Claire disciples me. I love Pastor Claire. She's amazing. And I chose to say, do you know, Pastor Claire, I'm going to follow you. I want, to, I want to learn from you. I want to be close to you because you have something that I want. And your vision, I'm going to align myself to that vision because I get behind it and I believe it. And I see, I see a glimpse of what she sees and I want to get behind that. I want to follow that. I want to be part of that. Mm -hmm. Because she's got something amazing. 
that I want to rub shoulders with and I want to get, even if I get just a little bit of that, that's something that I want to do. I'm sorry to embarrass you. <laughs> I'll get told off in discipleship. Next yeah, week. and it's it's amazing as well because if you look at the verse in Zechariah 23, it says, "In those days, ten people from all languages and nations," which means, you know, your followers are going to be, you know, they're not going to have the same personality as you. They're not going to be clones of you. You know, they're going to be from different backgrounds. You know, from different cultures, and it's it's amazing because you know you look at this church and you look all around you and you see all kinds of people from different cultures, different backgrounds, different you know different countries, and that's what makes the you know, a perfect picture of, of, of followers because as we, we, we're all followers of Jesus, right? And we're all from different backgrounds. We're all from different cultures and we're all following the almighty one. So I think that's amazing. So as we, you know, as leaders, you know, like Becky was saying, we all have followers. So, you know, prepare yourself to adapt. You know, you, you have people in your team, people behind you that, that support you, but they have different personalities. They might, you know, might not do things the way you're doing it, but we bear with one another in love, don't we? So, yes, yeah. We <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> And that, and why does it cross cultures and ages and nationalities and personalities? Because what you have is incredible. So it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter who you were. What you have right now is incredible and worth someone laying hold of it. Amen. Okay, and also, yeah. So whilst I was, I remember in Go Kids, um, when was it? I think it was maybe about five weeks ago, we, you know, we were studying the armour of God and... Uh, we got into a, you know, the part of the armor that talks about the gospel of the shoes of peace. So whilst I was, I was preparing for that, I thought, basically, Jesus had that. Jesus had all the armor, right? So I was like, how? Let me find examples in the Bible when you know people follow Jesus and why they follow Jesus. And there was many, absolutely many. So the first one I want to read is from Matthew seven, Matthew chapter seven, verse twenty-eight. From verse twenty-eight, and we're going to lead into Matthew chapter eight, verse one. So it says, and so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Okay, so now Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. So when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. So Jesus always attracted great multitudes of different, you know, Pharisees and all those messy people that were following him, annoying him, but (laughs) he bared with them in love. (laughs) And um, also the the next one I saw as well was John chapter 6, verse 2. And I'll just read it. It says, a huge crowd kept following him. This is the NLT version. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. So again, that's another example of great multitudes following because they've seen his good works. You know, they've seen, they, they've seen what he, these people have seen him heal, you know, raise someone from the dead. And they were like, there's something amazing about this man. I'm going to follow. I'm going to go. So he always attracted the great multitudes. And there's another, you know, um, example in Mark 5, um, Mark chapter 5, verse 24, Matthew 19, 1 to 2, and finally Matthew 12, 15. So if you guys just want to write that down, read it. It's so many examples in the Bible and it's so significant as well because because, you know, what, why are people following us? You know, they shouldn't be following us for our clothes and all those kind of different things. They should be following Definitely us because they, <laughs> they, believe, they believe in our vision, in our cause, you know. So I, th- I think that's yeah. amazing. And, yeah. and Jesus never shied away from it. He never, there were times where he withdrew to be with the Father, but he never said, oh, no, don't follow me. I'm such a humble man. I don't need followers. Don't follow me. No, Jesus knew that actually he had something that people needed and people needed to follow him. It's so easy for us to go, oh, no, I don't deserve you to follow me. I don't, no, I don't have anything. Well, actually, no, you do. And you should be looking for who those 10 are that are going to lay hold of you to follow you. 
don't shy away from the fact that it's what you're called to do and it's who you're called to be. Okay, so another example is, um, and I discovered this yesterday, I was reading my Bible and I was like, oh, what about David's mighty men, right? David's mighty men, we all, all the fathers, like you, you are all examples of David, you know, David's mighty men, you're all strong men of God. Um, so I want us to open our Bible to First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 1. Um, it's just an example of, again, you know, the men that gravitated towards David to help him in the war. I think that's the picture in my head that I get of that. It's so powerful. So it says, now these are the men who came to David at Ziklag while he could not move about freely because of Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among the mighty men who helped him in war. So again, the people that follow you, they're not there to just stand there and be spectators. They're there to help you. You know, they're there to assist you in your vision. They're there to push you forward. Um, and then if you go to verse 17 in the same chapter, I'm just going to read it again. So it says, David went out to meet them and said to them, if you, if you have come to me in friendship to help me, my heart will be joined with you. So I think this is a, you know, an example of David accepting their help. So they came to him to help him in the war and he accepted their help. So he didn't, you know, shy away from like Becky was saying and said, no, I don't need your help. I'm going to do it by myself. He accepted it. You know, he said, my heart will be joined with you if you've come to help me. But if you've not, then, you know, God will deal with you because obviously he's, he was a man after God's heart. So um, I think that's amazing because if you look at the previous chapter as well, First Chronicles 11.10, it talks about how they gave him strong support. You know, so as followers, we should expect that strong support and we should expect it as leaders, we should expect it from our followers. I think that's, that's amazing as well to expect them to push us forward and to carry us and assist us. Because like the Bible says, you know, yeah. iron sharpens iron, you know, sharpens iron and one man, you know, sharpens another. So I think that's, that's amazing. So as, as followers of, of, of one another, um, yeah, we should expect, you know, to, to sharpen each other up and, you know, keep each other in check. We need to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you... You would get what you expect. That's this kind of basic principle of faith. If you are believing for something, if you expect something to happen, if it's something that God's word says, it tends to happen. Basic principle of faith. And the Bible says, 10 will lay hold of you. So you should expect that to happen. And we're going to look a little bit more um, into that. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) we basically... How, how, how long was it? Like two years ago or something? Like Thursday nights when we're doing Thursday nights? Five years ago. Five, oh, really? Yeah. Five years ago. <laughs> wow. Um, more, time flies. Um, so the kids started to call us, because obviously we were, you know, doing Thursday nights together. So the kids started to call us Beckraham. Becky Abraham. Yeah. Becky. So and it was it was quite odd, really, because it was like, oh, that's so weird, because I'm sure they copied it off, like, Brangelina or something like that. So they, they decided to, like, of course, so, you know, as they do. Um, so, of course, they decided to, you know, to... You know, think of a hashtag Beckraham and stuff. So, but then whilst we're preparing for this, it just reminded me of, you know, how when I was, you know, in Go Kids, you know, coming up to Go Kids and leadership had changed and Becky took over, I had to, you know, watch what she was doing, you know, and follow her footsteps and look at how she was doing things and how she was dealing with the kids, you know, because I hadn't really had that as much experience with kids work as, you know, as she had. So it was about looking at her as, you know, as an example, um, especially like, you know, when the kids get rowdy and, you know, they can get a bit they can get a bit um overexcited um and you know I noticed that one day she just I don't even know what, I don't know if you came up with this but anyway um she just basically said oh, okay um touch your nose if you're listening I thought that was so weird 
I'm like, I'm not touching my nose. Um, but I, the kids did it. And, you know, they, they touched their nose. And it was like, oh, okay. So they, they, they listened to that because we're giving them something to do. We're giving them an instruction. They listened to that. So I thought that was really, that was really cool. And then obviously from that, I then started to add my own and go extremely creative <laughs> with it um, as I do. But, um, yeah, but that's, yeah, that, that, that was another example of, of the Beckraham action. And it's, as someone that he followed, it was really hard for me because... I suddenly went, this guy is watching everything I do. He is trying to rub shoulders with me and trying to take hold of how I do things and why I do things. And he'd sit and ask me questions, go, why'd you do that? I'd be like, oh. And he chose to follow me. And that's even really hard to say now, is that he chose to follow me. And I had to change the way I viewed myself to say, actually, no, maybe I am good with kids, maybe... I do have something that he can learn. Maybe I do have leadership that he can learn from. And you have to completely change your mindset. And it's hard. (laughs) But actually, because I allowed him to follow me and learn from me what I had, he is now building on that. And I could eventually hand over the leadership to him completely. And he is now building on that. And he's taking Go Kids even further than I could take it. Because I gave him a platform to then build off of. I had to start with this platform and I built so he could start. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Ten will lay hold of you and you have to allow them. You know, the verses, they lay hold of your sleeve. I wanted to kind of run away from him so he couldn't lay hold of my sleeve because I knew I'd have to let him. (laughs) And that's hard. Okay, I'm going to move on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As a champion... We're called to spark the next generation. And we're going to have to be really careful not to go on about this too much. Um, Jesus said to his disciples, you will do even greater things than me. Jesus wanted to spark something in them that took them further, that was a next generation thing. In John 4.12, he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. Now, part of him was just saying it. Um, to kind of speak it into being. But actually, we need to know that. It's really hard for us to take that, that we're going to do greater than Jesus. Oh, it's Jesus. It's the son of God. We can't do greater. But actually, he says you're going to do greater. And what Jesus was doing was sparking something in his disciples that they could stand up and they could rise up and go, yeah. And what did the disciples do? They spread the gospel over the whole world. And we're here because of those 12 disciples. Jesus sparked something in them. And... I don't know about you, but I received that from Jesus as well. It wasn't just about those 12. It was me. I have to take that. But I can do things greater than Jesus. He passed it on to us. And, you know, Jesus equipped us to do that. He gave us the Holy Spirit. And that's how we can do it, that we can be led by the Spirit. And that's why we can do greater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, as Christians, I guess the, the, the reason why we're on this earth in the first place is because of Matthew 28, um, 19 to 20. It talks about, go, you know, go and make disciples of, of all nations. We're here to fulfill, you know, the Great Commission. So, you know, we have a job to do. And again, that's, that's another, yeah, uh, amazing example of, of, of Jesus saying, you know, you guys, you know, you're my followers. I'm, go- you know, I'm going to heaven, but I'm still with you in spirit. Here's the Holy Spirit. You know, here's my word. You know, go and make disciples. Go and tell people about me. Go and teach them about me. You know, so he's equipping us as followers, again, to, to do the work that he's called us to do. You know, because, you know, if you're a leader and you have followers and you don't give them, you know, 
you don't help them basically achieve the vision, you know, that, that, that you're running towards, you know, how, how they're going to, you know, how they're going to fulfill that, how they're going to, you know, do their job, yeah. you know, because, you know, I, I, you know, the Bible talks about many members, one body, we're all here to, we all have different gifts in this church, we all can do different things, and, you know, fulfilling the Great Commission can be done in many different ways, you know, and God has given us talents as well, whether it's through music, whether it's to go, you know, going on missions, um, you know, movies, things like that, you know. So it's it's, it's different things. It's different things. So it's, it's and I'm just amazed. I, I you know consistently think every time I I hear go and make disciples, it sounds like it sounds like a challenging task, doesn't it? Because that like, go and make disciples yeah. is so challenging. But then you look at the Bible and you see how God has helped us. He's given us, you know, our, our pastors. He's given us, uh, you know, our uh, you know people that disciple us, that look after us. He's given us the Holy Spirit. We have His Word. You know, the Holy Spirit helps us remember what the Bible says, you know, so it's amazing that, you know, that, that Jesus says everything he's doing, you know, like Joy was saying at the beginning, he's faithful, you know, so he's faithful, you know, for, you know, in order for us to just, yeah, to, to help him, you know, achieve the great commission. So that, that yeah, that really excites me. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> so champions, we're called to spark the next generation and we're to take that and make sure that it doesn't just stop with us, that we pass it on to the people that are below us. And it's not just your children but it's the next generation entirely. And it's all of our responsibility to do that. You know, the Bible, the Bible talks so much, so, so much about passing things from one generation to the next, about teaching your children to walk. When it says your children, it's our children, to walk in what God wants. And it says, I'm just going to give you a couple of examples, but literally I could sit and do five hours of giving you examples of God saying, you need to pass it to the next generation. It's so important to God. Um, Psalm 145, verse 4. says, one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. You know, you've seen things in your life. You know God. You have, you're older. You've had a lot more experience than younger people. Unless you go to the children, go to the young people, go to this next generation and tell them, what you've seen, what you've experienced, what you know, the revelation that you got, where are they going to get it from? Well, they're going to get it from the TV because they're shouting really loud in their face. Unless we go and tell the next generation, church will die out. Christianity will die out. Christianity is totally reliant on us telling the next generation about how amazing our God is. Mm-hmm. It also says it in... Oh, I've not written where that is. Do you you want to leave a legacy? Do you want to see the kingdom of God continue? Because we're part of this same team. And, you know, the the England football club, the Man United football club, probably Man United, that's easier to talk about. (laughs) They have an under-16s team. And they go and they scout and they find young people who are amazing at football and they train them. Because they know that unless they train the young people, Man United will cease to exist in 10 years' time. They have to go and train the next people. And they invest so much into training these young people. So much time invested in training. And it doesn't mean that Man United stops playing and stops winning. I don't think they ever win. But (laughs) Pastor Alan's not here. It's fine. Please don't listen to this, Pastor Adam. Um, (laughs) It doesn't mean that United stops being the team that they are, but it means that they're playing for a legacy and they are investing in things of the future. 
and we need to be the same. Are you making yourself available for a young person to come and grab a hold of your sleeve? What if every single person, every single adult in this church made themselves available for only one of your ten? You've suddenly got 200 young people that are being discipled and are following someone that is worth following. Imagine what that would do to this city. If just one of your ten was that person. So are you making yourself available? I know we're children's and youth workers here. And so we're going to say this with passion. But are you making yourself available? You might not say, oh, I've not got anything to give. Oh, I couldn't. Yes, you can. You have something amazing inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the same Holy Spirit that we do. You have the same Holy Spirit that Pastor Alan has, that Pastor Claire has. Exactly the same. You have something worth giving and that is worth laying hold of. So are you making yourself available? I'm so jumping ahead, yeah. but I'm just so excited. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, um, for example, our Go Kids, I, I'm sorry, guys, but I, I obviously work with Go Kids, so I might just keep saying Go Kids, Go Kids, Go Kids for the next two hours. <laughs> or whatever. Two but, hours? No, 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 not two hours. Um, oh. <laughs> um, ten minutes, right, okay. So, um, yeah, our Go Kids, we basically, um, we have something that we call our Young Action Group Lead. That's oh, wow. Ham up there. Yeah. <laughs> Look at okay, okay. Um, so yeah, so we have actually some of them are up there. Some of our young, you can see Ellen there. She's one of our young leaders. So we have something like at the towards the end of our GoKid service where we basically split them into groups and have action groups. So that's basically where we have more study time, study time of the Word of the Bible, and we we really focus in. So we have you know different. I think about four groups. Yeah, we have four groups. So and I thought I don't want to keep you know getting the leaders, getting us to keep doing everything and sitting with the groups and keep leading them. So I said, you know what, I'm going to. I'm going to ask the older kids to take that position, to take my position in that group and to, to, yeah, to practice their, I guess, leadership skills and to see, you know, what they've done. Because they, they want the responsibility. So, and it's been so amazing to see how these kids have just taken it and just run with it. It's like they take their, their, their action group as their sheep kind of a thing. They, t- they really do take it as their sheep. They look after, the, you know, look after each other. And one needs the toilet. They, they do things that without me even telling them. And I think that's an example of, you know, us just passing it on, you know, because I, I, you know, I have this tendency of saying, oh, no, I want every, you know, everyone to be okay. And is it, are they all okay? You know, leaders going around. But then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let it go, you know, and just, I'm just going to let them flow with it, you know. So it's been amazing to pass that on. And I know that they're going to pass it on, yeah. on and on and on, even though Ignite keeps taking our kids, but they grow. Um, <laughs> they grow, don't they? So, yeah, so that's been amazing. And, it, yeah, it reminded me of um, Olympic, um, London 2012, actually. You know, the, I'm going to use the Jamaican relay race because, they're, yeah, they're, they're the bosses, aren't they? Yeah, so, um, Johan Blake and Usain Bolt, because, you know, you look at how Usain Bolt passed the, bat, you know, the baton to Johan Blake. He expected Johan to run for his life, you know. We don't expect our, you know, the people we're passing it on to, the next generation, to fall flat on his face. No, we should expect them to do even yeah. better because that's yeah. what Jesus said. Even greater works in my name you will do. So we should expect them to do even better. And that, expect, that expectation encourages, encourages them, pushes them, you know, motivation. And that's what it is, why we have our great cloud of witnesses, which we're going to talk about later. Yeah, Abraham, I expect you to do better than me. By God's grace, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. You all heard that now. <laughs> okay, so... There's five points and we're only on number three, so we're going to go a bit faster now. It's not an individual sport. Champions don't stand alone. You never, ever, ever stand alone. It's not an individual sport. I can't run. I'm the children's and youth pastor here. I can't run all the children's and youth work by myself. There's no way in a million years I could do it. I could Mm -hmm. not do it. I need a team of people because they bring gifts that I don't have. 
say uh, people, to speak to more people. They can be in more places than I can by myself. But when I was, when I was growing up, um, I went to a school that was all about teamwork. Everything you did was about teamwork. You were never, ever, ever allowed to do anything by yourself. It was really annoying for people that are really independent like me. But our head teacher made us every single morning shout out as loud as we can, team, together everyone achieves more. And it's so, so, so true. And as a church, we can't stand as individuals. I can't see this whole city saved by myself. But as a church, we can see this nation changed. Mm. We can change other nations. We can see God move in incredible, amazing ways. Now, in Ephesians 4, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people so that the body of Christ may be built up. We all mm-hmm. bring something different. We need each other. Mm-hmm. Romans 12.3, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each mm-hmm. of you. You've got something amazing. You've got something incredible. You've got something worth giving, but you can't do it all by yourself. Don't go too far. We swing when we learn things and when God teaches us things, we swing from going one way to going, oh, I'm awful, I've got nothing, to going, I'm the best thing in the world, everyone should clap me when I walk in the room. And then God goes, yeah, but you need other people. And that's something that God had to break in me was a ridiculous spirit of independence. And I didn't want anyone to help me do anything at all, at all. And I ran around like a headless chicken and nearly burnt out. And we have to learn that we're part of a team. And people have different roles in that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Tracy's going to really embarrass you right now. She's pulling a face at me. But Tracy is part of the same team as me. And she supports me in an absolutely incredible way. Tracy is never up here preaching. Maybe she will one day. I'm really getting a look now. Tracy is not up here preaching. She's not running the kids and youth ministry. She's got her own job. She's doing other things. But how she supports me enables stuff to happen in this church that I'm involved with. We're part of this team. Tracy doesn't think she's less of a person because she's not the one doing what I'm doing. Tracy is so important. And I couldn't do what I do if it wasn't for Tracy. Could not do what I do if it wasn't for Tracy. Absolutely could not do it. And I had to learn that Tracy was a valuable part of the team that I needed to rely on and depend on. And I don't know who this is for, but you need to learn to rely on other people. And it's scary sometimes to trust someone else. It's really scary to trust someone else. But mistakes happen. People are not perfect. But we're part of a team, and we have to stick together on it. And we have to lean on each other. Yeah. Um, Yeah, an example that basically popped up to both of us whilst we were preparing was um, in Luke chapter 10, when Jesus send, you know, sends out the 72. And it's interesting because when you go to verse 17, it talks about how they returned with joy. You know? And I was thinking, you know, Jesus expected them to return with joy. I mean, they were taken out. 
you know, the name above all names. They were you know, going out healing the sick and casting out demons and stuff. So they returned with joy. So it's, it's like, what are we expecting from the people that we're passing the, the baton to, you know, our team, our followers, quote unquote, you know, what are we expecting? Are we expecting them to come back with, you know, with, with great news and saying, oh, look what, you know, look what God, you know, God did and look what God did through you to inspire me, you know, to be able to come up with whatever it is I've, you know, I've come up with. So I think that's an amazing example, um, you know, from, cause not all of them had, you know, were bold. Not all of them were, 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 were you know, were, were well-spoken, but they went out, you know, with power, which is the name of Jesus, and they came back with joy. And I, I believe Jesus was expecting, expecting that joy, and so do we, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Why have you got an England flag in your hand? got an England flag in my hand. Okay. Can I really, really quickly have Alistair <laughs> and quickly Alistair, Nathaniel, Jemima, Jemima. Jemima she hates being on stage. Uh, Peter. You can come in the middle. Can you just come hold this flag up? And I need, I need Jill. (laughs) Jill. (laughs) Girls, can you come stand in the middle around this flag? You can. can, I don't know. You can stand there. Stand there. Guys, holding the flag. Can you chill, chill chill on? No preparation for this whatsoever. Um, You got to chill, chill on. Cheer, cheer. Cheer, chill. Cheer, chill. Come on, everybody. Come on, Jamal. Cheer on. Are you can't cheer? That's hilarious. Thanks, Peter. You know, we're surrounded. Keep going. Go on, Jill! Come on, Jill! Good day! Go on, Jill! Go on, listen to our lives! Go on, Jill! Go, 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 all the, and you're going to stay up there for longer now. All these, this is how you train a young person. All these amazing men of faith that walked before us in Hebrews 11, they're standing up there cheering us on. And mm. it's a little bit like that, maybe not quite like that. <laughs> but they're, they're there and they're waving this flag and this banner and cheering you on. Mm-hmm. And when you get followers, when you get followers, because you will have followers, they cheer you on. And it's a really strange thing that you're there and someone is following you and copying everything you do. But in the background, what they're doing is going, you're amazing. And they're cheering you on. Abraham encourages me so much, so, so much. He's following me. I'm his leader. I'm supposed to be teaching him. He's supposed to be walking in things that God has said from me. And he encourages me so much, so, so much. And we get this crowd of people and they cheer us on because actually it's not about you. It's about God and it's about the kingdom. And when Abraham says to me, Becky, this happened in Go Kids. It's amazing. Becky, thank you so much for this. Becky, I've got this word of God from you. Becky, I was praying for you. That spurs me on. And that makes me run that little bit faster. And quite often, sorry, Joy, I like picking on people. Quite often, Joy will text me or come up to me give me a word from God right in the time where I am struggling so, so, so much with something. And it feels like I'm banging my head against a brick wall and joy will come up. 
with this amazing, peaceful insight that God gives her and just releases a word. And she's, she's one of the children's workers, so technically she's following me. And she comes up and encourages me, and it makes me run that little bit faster. You can sit down if you like. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Give a round of applause, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being amazing cheerers. Yeah, I think we all have the, the, that image and picture in our head of, you know, because the Bible says since we are surrounded, if you look at where Jill was, she was surrounded, you know, by, by her supporters. And I think it's, it's amazing because I was talking to um, <laughs> yesterday at the men's conference and he gave me his, like, his example of, you know, the great cloud of witnesses. And he was, you know, imagine himself on a surfboard on the wave and then basically the, the huge wave that basically pushes, you know, the, the, surf, the surfer on the surfboard forward, those are the cloud of witnesses that are pushing you forward. And I get a picture in my head of me, you know, getting ready to run a race. And I might have things that are weighing me down, for example, things that I don't need for that race, you know, and the cloud of witnesses are there to basically say, look, you don't need that. Because, for example, it talks about letting go of things that entangle, you know, so the cloud of witnesses are there to say, you know what, I'm going to help you with this. Let me give that, you know, you don't need that, you know. So again, that's what the followers are there for, to say, you know, actually, you don't need that. You don't need that. This is what God's called you to do. How do they do that is the thing that the Bible talks about. Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25. says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds not giving up meeting together. That's why it's so important that you come here because you spur other people in this church on by coming as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. We're called to spur one another along. You know, a football team has football fans and the fans follow the team, but actually the fans make the team. And I'm not a football player. I've actually never been to a football match. So I'm really bad football to talk about football. I'm not a football player, no. and I've never been to a football match. So I don't know either side of this. But when I watch it on TV, you see the fans. And when the fans get behind the team and are cheering, the team plays better. Yeah. They do. Every single time, without fail, the team will play better when the fans are behind and cheering. And, you know, the football team couldn't exist without the fans. It, they couldn't exist financially without the fans. The fans pay for things. But... The fans make the team play better. So what happens is you've got this team, you've got these football players, and then you've got the fans who encourage the team to do better. So they go further, which means that you get more fans because they're a really good team. So people want to support you. And those fans then encourage you to go even better, even further. So then you get even more fans, and it just builds and builds and builds and builds. And that's okay to let your followers spare you on. It's okay to let people around you be that person of influence Mm. that encourages you and are you that person of influence that encourages other people are you do you walk in here bringing what you have and encouraging people is that what you bring on a Sunday is that what you bring during the week when you call someone up or send someone an email or a text message to say do you know what keep going you're amazing yeah who's a who's a Man City fan here any Man City fans? Oh, just one? We'll pray for the whole you church. at the end. Oh, two? Okay. <laughs> oh, three? Okay. Um, no, I thought that, yeah, that image, or the, yeah, that picture is really interesting. First of all, when you, when you talk to, you know, 
proper football fans, they always refer to it as, you know, our team, our manager, our this, our that. And I'm like, you're not getting paid? Why are you saying that? <laughs> like, so it's like, uh, okay, but anyway, you do you. But, um, so, so, but it's interesting because they, they feel like they're part of the team. And you look at that picture and you look at these guys and the reason why they're so happy and the reason why they're celebrating and re- rejoicing is because that's their team, you know, and they have their flags. You can see their flags all, you know, all over the blue and everything. And we thought, what's our flag? Well, our flag is John 13, 35. You know, the love we have for each other, that's how they would know we're his yeah. disciples. That's our flag. Our flag is love, okay? Our flag is the love we have for one another. That's what the world looks at, you know, and says, you know what, there's something different about these people. And there's something that, you know, that's attracted me towards these people. They love each other. You know, we bear, we bear with one another. We, we you know, we, we lay our lives down for one another. I'm really worried because they keep um, saying bear with one another. So I'm slightly concerned. No, because no, <laughs> as, as, no, obviously, as, as, as we have a you know, great multitude of followers, we have to bear with one another. You know, we do have to bear with one another in love, like the Bible says, you know, so... My point is don't, you know, don't feel, that's what keeps coming in my head. Don't feel like, oh, you know, this person in my team is, you know, or this person following me is acting this kind of way and I don't want anything to do with them. It's no, try try and find that common ground and and remember, you know, remember that verse because I think it's very important. Yeah. Last but not least. Last but not least. Our last point. This is one of my absolute favourite Bible verses. Ephesians 4.1 says, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. The Bible says you will have followers. People will lay hold of you. You're called to make disciples. Disciples are followers. Jesus said, come follow me, and they became disciples. You're called to have disciples. You're chosen to have disciples. You will. You will have people follow you. You will have people take hold of your sleeve and follow you. Are you living your life worthy of that? Are you living up to this calling that you've received, which is incredible and amazing? And there, to me, there are two sides of this. It's how you live your life, but it's also where you live your life. Are you living out loud? Are you being easy to follow? Do people see this flag of love all over you, or are you hiding it? Some of you, I'm really sorry, I'm going to mention this again, some of you need to join the children's or youth teams and you're not, and you're not living it out loud where people can grab a hold of you and follow you. You need to come speak to me afterwards and we'll hook you up with the team. Awesome. Um, yeah, and I guess, you know, we keep saying the word follow, follow, follow. You look at social media today and what comes to my head when, when I hear the word follow is, you know, Twitter and Instagram. Instagram in particular, because obviously with Instagram, you, you, the reason you follow certain people is because you're interested in, the, in their lives. You want to follow what they do on a day-to-day basis. But I was thinking, OK, who are we actually following? Because I know my sister was going through a, you know, through a phase where she was saying, oh, I, I follow this person, but it doesn't really make me feel good that I'm following this person, you know. So it kind of just made her feel like, oh, no, I need, I need to, you know, I need to kind of, you know, regather, you know, regather my thoughts. And I think it's interesting because as followers, we need to, yeah, make that decision or think, have that thought. Who are we following? You know, why are we following them? Is it for the right reasons? Is it because we believe in where they're going? So I think that's interesting. And Twitter as well. Say, you know? Yeah, the same with Twitter. I'm not going to go into it now. But, you know, on Twitter you have followers. What you say, people read. And are you saying what Jesus says? Are you ha- holding up that flag of love in order for people to follow that? 
because it's really interesting doing children's work. You can always pick the leaders, and normally they start out as the really rebellious children that are leading everyone else astray. But they're the leaders, and they make a choice to actually follow in a good, to lead in a good way or lead in a bad way. You will have followers. People will lay hold of you. Where are you leading them to? Are you showing them the flag of love or are you showing them something else? Mm. Um, we're just going to quickly play, play um, a video. If you could just play that. It's called How to Start a Movement and it's hilariously funny. If you've learned a lot about leadership and making a movement, then let's watch a movement happen start to finish in under three minutes and dissect some lessons. First, of course, a leader needs the guts to stand alone and look ridiculous. But what he's doing is so simple, it's almost instructional. This is key. You must be easy to follow. Now here comes the first follower with a crucial role. He publicly shows everyone else how to follow. Notice how the leader embraces him as an equal. So it's not about the leader anymore. It's about them, plural. Notice how he's calling to his friends to join in. So it takes guts to be a first follower. You stand out and you brave ridicule yourself. Being a first follower is an underappreciated form of leadership. The first follower transforms a lone nut into a leader. If the leader is the flint, the first follower is the spark that really makes the fire. Now here's the second follower. This is a turning point. It's proof the first has done well. Now it's not a lone nut and it's not two nuts. Three is a crowd and a crowd is news. A movement must be public. Make sure outsiders see more than just the leader. Everyone needs to see the followers because new followers emulate followers, not the leader. Now here come two more people, then three more immediately. Now we've got momentum. This is the tipping point and now we have a movement. As more people jump in, it's no longer risky. If they were on the fence before, there's no reason not to join in now. They won't stand out, they won't be ridiculed, and they will be part of the in-crowd if they hurry. And over the next minute, you'll see the rest who prefer to stay part of the crowd, because eventually they'd be ridiculed for not joining. And ladies and gentlemen, that is how a movement is made. So let's recap what we've learned. If you are a version of the shirtless dancing guy, all alone, remember the importance of nurturing your first few followers as equals, making everything clearly about the movement, not you. Be public, be easy to follow. But the biggest lesson here, did you catch it? Leadership is over-glorified. Yes, it started with the shirtless guy, and he'll get all the credit, but you saw what really happened. It was the first follower that transformed a lone nut into a leader. There's no movement without the first follower. See, we're told that we all need to be leaders, but that would be really ineffective. The best way to make a movement, if you really care, is to courageously follow and show others how to follow. When you find a lone nut doing something great, have the guts to be the first person to stand up and join in. <laughs> it's a really, really great video, but it shows exactly what we're talking about. But it's not about you, it's about the kingdom, it's about the team that you're on, and you're a champion of that team. And people will follow you if you stand up and be counted. You know, we're just, we just want you guys just to kind of have a little think and a pray. Um, just ask God, do you, do you expect to be followed? Zechariah 8 says that you should expect to be followed, that you have something amazing. You have something incredible that people will want to lay hold of. Um, yeah, the second thing is, 
that yeah that we want you guys to think about as you as you pray is yeah do you need to pass it on you know to to you know the next generation per se you know because we're talking about working as a team so what is it that you need to hand over what is it that you need to say okay you know i'm going to trust you just like jesus trusted the 72 and i'm going to hand it over to you expecting that you're going to come back you know with joy and with great news so that's another thing what do we need to let go of and just let other people do and stop being such control freaks um, and yeah just hand it over and and expect great things to come back yeah. yeah are you are you positioning yourself to spark the next generation mhm and are you yeah are you devoted encouraging because we've been talking about that today you know spurring one another on i think it it makes a difference it really does make a difference so whether it's with your with your friends your families whoever it may be yeah you know are you devoted to them and are you encouraging them and saying yeah come on you can do it just like we have our cloud of witnesses yeah are you and are you living with the flag of love are you living what you want your followers to emulate your followers to walk in to coffee are you living out loud are you making yourself available for people to grab a hold of you so you know that video someone had to everyone was sitting down and someone had to stand and they made a decision to go for it and to stand and as the band just play i just want you to just pray just sitting down i want you to pray and so you know maybe something that we've said has kind of triggered something in you maybe you're like actually no i'm perfect well please come preach because <laughs> you know we've all got something that god's working on our hearts i know even as we're speaking today that god's been speaking to me about something um so just i just want you to pray now and when when you are ready to stand and to let others lay hold of you to stand and to let them lay hold of something good maybe you need to make a decision in your heart no i need to go and speak to someone about helping in the kids and youth i'm going to keep plugging it maybe it's that you need to change the way you think about yourself to say actually no i have something worth following and you know just pray about it and then the worship team are just going to play and start worshiping and when you come to that point i want you to stand because when you stand others will stand others will follow so i want you to stand when you're ready but don't stand until you're ready so let's just let's just close our eyes and eyes and talk to god Yeah, um, just as you pray as well, I just feel like, yeah, God is, God is just ready to give some people just that fresh boldness and that fresh courage like you've never experienced before. Because I feel like, yeah, as a follower and as a leader, courage and boldness is so important. And I'm reminded of that film, how those, those students stood up in boldness and in courage So as you're sat there praying, just yeah, ask God for that fresh boldness and courage in whatever area you need it in as a follower, as a leader. Just ask God for that boldness and he will give it to you afresh. He graciously and freely gives us all things. So just receive it. Just receive it. That's the amazing God that we serve. That's the amazing God that we serve. Freely gives us all things.